If you love the Lord, wave at me. Oh, some of y'all didn't wave. <laughs> Pastor, we got a problem. Turn me up, Mr. Salmon. I can't hear me. How about maybe, maybe a little bit right here? I, I, I'm getting a little bit of volume. Yesterday, we had a wonderful, wonderful time at uh, Bridge Fest. Thank you. And uh, yeah, I'll wait while you clap your hands. Somebody was about to clap. <laughs> And I, uh, I, I talked to so many people and I met so many of you. I, I actually see you in the audience now. Thank you so much for coming today. And uh, I talk so much, y'all. Listen to me. I talk so much, my lips are swollen. <laughs> I have never spoken so much. My, I told the pastor, I said, my lips are swollen. So if I just start mumbling words, just say, thank you, Jesus. Help the pastor, Lord. Help the pastor. I want to take a second to give my lovely wife uh, honor that is due. Uh, she is a saint, but dealing with me. And she loves the Lord. Sweetie, go and stand up and let him see you. And y'all come on, clap your hands and welcome Miss Elvira, will you? Fantastic. Good to see you this morning. And uh, listen, take your Bibles. I want you to keep your Bible open, if you will, this morning. You're going to need it because we, we love the Word of God. Somebody say amen. amen. And uh, so we're going to go back to it in just a second. Uh, Mark chapter 4. I actually have titled this sermon, The Parable of the Soil, and you'll know why in just a second. Can I pray with you real quick? Lord, we love you today. God, we bless you today. We honor you. We thank you for your word. Now, Lord, as the pastor said, and as your word says, give us ears to hear. In Jesus' name, only if you agree, I want you to say amen. I've titled this sermon, The Parable of the Soil. And did you know that God, get your pen, get your pad, get your heart. If you listen to me on the radio, you know I say that. Get your pen, get your pad, get your heart. Did you know that God often speaks in parables and illustrations to teach a message? I think of Isaiah and God told Isaiah to walk naked barefoot among the people to point out the bare facts. Y'all didn't get that, did you? <laughs> that the Assyrians were going to come and humiliate God's people, Israel. I think of Ezekiel as God, we're talking about illustrations and parables. Ezekiel laid on his side and he ate one ounce of food each day, cooked over manure. Did you know? That's disgusting, isn't it? It is. It's true. Hosea was told to marry a prostitute. Jeremiah, uh, he, he, he was to go to see a potter. And the potter was taking clay and put it on a wet wheel and formed the clay to speak of the fact that God wanted to be able to mold and shape his people. And so this morning we come to yet another illustration or another parable. I titled it the parable of the soil because this parable is often misunderstood. This parable actually is a parable. The soil represents the heart. And I have an outline that I don't want right now. We'll get it in just a second, okay? Just hold on to that outline. But the heart in the Bible, are you listening to me? Say amen. The heart is characterized by four different types of soil. Hear me. Four different types of soil. Rocky soil, stony soil, thorny soil, good soil. Rocky soil, stony soil, Thorny soil, or I call weedy soil, 
not weedies like the cereal, but weedy like in weeds, soil, and good soil. And the point of this parable, let me give it to you early, is not the sower or the seed. And that's where some people get it confused. The point of the parable is not the sower or the seed. The point of the parable is the soil. The soil represents the heart. How is the seed of the word of God landing on the soil of your heart? That's the point of the parable. The point of the parable is how you hear. He that has ears to hear, we just read it, let him hear. So the point of the parable is how you hear and how you receive the seed of the word of God into your heart. How does the word of God change your life? Oh, there's a sermon right there. Does it? I mean, change your life. Are you coming to church on Sunday morning just because that's the thing folk do on Sunday morning? Christian folk I'm talking about. Now, we say folk down south. So y'all be all right. Everybody be all right. We say y'all too. You know what y'all mean? It means, yeah, well, that's true too. I said, you know what y'all mean? It means y'all, I guess so. It means you all. Huh? So, how are you hearing the word? Colt's neck. Are you coming to church on Sunday morning just because you like the pastor? I like the pastor. I think he's great. That church is great. I've been here for 10 minutes. It's great. Praise the Lord. I got discernment. Everything's wonderful. But the reason that we come to church is to hear the word of God. Y'all wake up and say amen. amen. Jesus help us. It's to hear God's word. How are you hearing the word of God? Now, in our text, as the pastor just read, we're at the end of a busy day and many people are coming to Jesus. You can read earlier in chapter three and two. Many people are coming to Jesus. Jesus gets into a boat and he pushes out the sea. Jesus gets into the boat and he sits down and he begins to teach. Now, let me tell you something in the Bible, in Jesus day, the teacher sat down to teach and the people stood up to listen, which I think we should go back to that. <laughs> you stand up for 40 minutes and I'll sit down. How about that? That's the way they that's the way in Jesus day. That was a common posture of the teacher to sit down. And, you know, so Jesus here in traditional rabbinic style he sits down, he postures himself, and he begins to teach in a very non-traditional way. That's interesting. He's doing something very traditional, but he's teaching in a very non-traditional way. How's that, Pastor Rodney? Because the boat became the pulpit. The boat became the pulpit. He sits down, he begins to teach, and he begins to speak in parables. Take your pen in your hand. The word parable comes from two words. It comes from, first of all, para, P-A-R-A, which means alongside, and bole, or bola, some people pronounce it, bolo even, uh, which means to throw or to cast. Parables come from two words. Para, meaning alongside, bola means to throw or to cast. A parable means to lay something alongside something else. So when Jesus taught in parables, he would take an earthly illustration, listen to me, saints, he would take an earthly illustration that everyone understood and lay it aside a spiritual truth that they didn't understand so they could understand. 
You picking up what I'm putting down? Jesus would take a parable. He would take an earthly illustration that everyone understood and lay it alongside a spiritual truth that they didn't understand so that they could understand. Somebody once said a parable is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. I like that. It's very simple. An earthly story with a heavenly meaning. Somebody else once said that Jesus was not a theologian. He was God who told stories. Jesus begins to speak in parables, and he uses this earthly illustration, a sower sowing seed to teach a spiritual truth. Keeping in mind, in those days, this was an agrarian society. They didn't have uh, combines and John Deere tractors in those days. Seeds were sown by hand. The farmer carried a large bag throughout a field, and this bag would cross his body. And it was a leather bag and he would have seed in that bag and the farmer would walk through the field and just take his hand and dip, grab it in, dip it into the bag and grab a handful of seed and he would just cast it. He'd be walking and just casting seed, just casting it. And wherever the seed landed was determined upon the weather and other things that might factor in. But the seed would just simply land on the ground. This was, they were known in those days as a broadcaster. We have the word broadcast means to send out. They were a broadcaster, meaning to throw seed. And the birds would be quick to grab a lunch. Many times, large flocks would often follow the farmer like seagulls at the beach. Deep sea fishing, you get it. So in verses 4 through 8 in your text, a sower went out to sow. Some seed fell on rocky ground, stony ground, thorny ground, and good ground. Now, please listen to me very closely here. The seed, let me give this to you here. The seed is the word of God. The soil, I told you already, is a picture of the, okay. And the sower is anyone spreading the seed of the word. The seed is the word, the soil is the heart, and the sower is anyone spreading the word. So in the parable, the seed is the same in every picture. What varies is the soil. I'm going somewhere. The disciples, can I read with you through verse 10 through 20? Can I read with you? Huh? Mark chapter 4. I told you keep your Bible, right? Mark chapter 4. If you're looking at verse 10, say amen. amen. But when Jesus was alone, those around him with the 12 asked him about the parable. And he said to them, to you, it has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. But to those who are outside, all things come in parables so that, and he's quoting from Isaiah, write it in your Bibles, in your margins, you can. Isaiah 6, 9 through 10, he's quoting, seeing that they may see and not perceive and hearing that they may hear and not understand lest they should turn and their sins be forgiven them. And then in verse 13 through 20, very important, Jesus explains the parable. So he speaks about the parable in verses one through nine, and then he explains it. I love that. Look at verse 13. And he said to them, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all parables? The sower sows what, saints? Oh, y'all with me this morning? The sower sows what, saints? And these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, 
Satan comes immediately and takes the word that was sown in their hearts. And these likewise in verse 16 are the ones sown on stony ground who, when they hear the word, they immediately receive it. Watch it. They receive it with gladness and they have no root in themselves. And so endure only for a time. Afterward, when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. Now these are the ones sown among the thorns. They are the ones who hear the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches they are and the desires for other things entering in. What they do, saints, it chokes the word and it becomes what, saints, unfruitful. But these in verse 20 are the ones sown on good ground. Those who hear the word, they accept the word, and the word bears fruit, some 30-fold, some 60, and some 100-fold. Jesus said in your text here, he says, do you understand the disciples didn't get it? They didn't understand. And they, they, Jesus said, well, listen, it's been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to the rest... It is given in parables, and again, as I mentioned, he quotes Isaiah 6 and verses 9 through 10. So it's never Jesus' intention to hide truth from hearers. If Jesus wanted to hide truth from hearers, he wouldn't say anything. But any communicator, saints, wants the audience to get it. Pastor wants the audience to get it. They want you to understand. You know, my pastor told me one time, I'll never forget this, this was... Uh, I've been a Christian for 36 years. I've been in ministry for 33 years. And my pastor, Bob Chapel, he's with the Lord now. Uh, he was awesome. He was, he was a bluegrass country guy. I loved him. And I'm from Philly. I'm, from, I'm R&B soul. <laughs> Say amen. amen. So me and Pastor Bob used to hang out, and I learned so many lessons from him. We were completely different. He was a tall white guy. I'm a short black guy. And he's completely different than I am. And I learned so much from him about how to walk with Jesus. And I'll never forget many things he told me, but this one I will never forget. He said, Rodney, when you're teaching God's word, put the cookies on the shelf where the kids can get them. Y'all ain't picked that up, did you? Put the that means keep it simple. We used to have a little saying in the military. I spent 13 years in the Navy. Nine of them stationed with the Marine Corps. Where my people at? Where my people at? All right. So I'm a hospital corpsman. We can talk at the church. So he said, Rodney, put the cookies on the shelf. We used to have a saying in the military, keep it simple, kiss. Anybody know where I'm going? All right. Keep it simple, sailor. Leave it. All right. Keep it simple. Keep it simple. Put the cookies on the shelf. In other words, I want you to get it. Your pastor wants you to get it. That's why he teaches. That's why we keep it simple. Not high theology. Jesus didn't teach smart folk. The disciples were not smart. They didn't get it. You know, we go in these churches and stained glass windows and we go, oh, man, those guys were spiritual. No, they weren't. Peter, if you know anything about your Bible, you know Peter was something else. Jesus had his hand full with Peter. Anybody know what I'm talking about? He had his hands full with Peter. Keep it simple. You know, Warren Wearsby, one of my favorite Bible commentaries, he said, great theologian, he said, and, and, and listen to this, Pastor Chris, he said, remember you're ministering to sheep and not to giraffes. 
Y'all a little slow this morning, but you're coming, all right? Isn't that the truth? In other words, bring it down. Dude, it's not that deep. It's not that deep. It's not that hard. Jesus wants us to get it. He wants us, and that's why he speaks about the parable, and then he explains it very quickly. He wants them to get it, but their hearts are hard. Notice the Bible tells us in verse 11, it is given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. You know, when we see the word mystery, we think of Alfred Hitchcock, don't we? Or we think of Agatha Christie like a mystery, like there's something like a whodunit, like a whodunit. Listen, a mystery in the Bible is something that was concealed in the Old Testament, but is now revealed in the New Testament. That's a mystery in the Bible, not a whodunit or Agatha Christie or Alpha Hitchcock, but it was concealed in the Old Testament and is revealed in the New Testament. A mystery, the mysteries of God, and the Bible talks about so many mysteries of God. In verses 13 through 20, here's where I want you to wake up. Jesus clearly explains the parable. Do you not understand this parable, which they didn't? How will you understand all the parables? So he says, listen really close. I'm going to tell you why you need to listen close, because if you get this one, you'll, if you don't get this one, you'll never get the rest. And then the sower, verse 14, sows the word of God. The seed is the word, as we talked about. And note this, saints, it doesn't say anything about the sower. In other words, there are no adjectives as it relates to the sower. God doesn't say the good sower. God doesn't say the clever sower or the savvy sower sows a seed or the good-looking, charismatic, really intellectual sower sows a seed. He doesn't say that. No description. Why? Because the sower is every believer. The sower is you. The sower is me. The sower is anyone who is broadcasting, throwing, sowing the word of God. The sower is the home fellowship leader. The sower is the ministry leader, men's ministry leader. The sower is the women's ministry, the youth ministry. If you're sowing seed, the word of God in the lives of people, you are a sower. The sower is sowing the seed of the word. Seeds that go in the ground, watch this, have everything they need. Seeds that grow in the ground, everything the seed needs to grow is already encoded in the seed. The information necessary to respond when the seed hits the dirt is in the seed. And all you got to do is add rain and add water. And then it goes down and it germinates and I'm think going back to eighth grade, and it goes down, germinates, right? The seed is then drawn up by the S-U-N. I was going to say S-O-N. That's true, too. But the S-U-N, don't they call that photosynthesis? Y'all know I'm good. <laughs> I pulled that up from eighth grade, y'all. The sun comes up and, and sprouts, the, the seed sprouts, and all this happens when the seed is planted. Well, the seed is the word of God. And the word of God is the same. Encode it. Watch this. You're going to love it. Encoded in the word of God is everything that is needed to produce life and godliness in you. It's already there. First Peter chapter 1. I think I have that for you. Verse 23. 
having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides how long? Forever, forever. Is that on the screen? It is on the screen. Okay. All right. God's word has power within it. Okay, I got it. This is my first time in your pulpit. I got you. It's right in front of me. There you go. I'm working here, people. Long night, long night, busy work. Important business. God's word has power within it. Somebody say amen. And we don't give the word power. The word already has power. For the gospel of Jesus Christ is the power of God unto salvation for everyone who believes. So you don't give the word power, preacher. You don't give the word the power that it needs. It already has it. I don't give the word power. All I have to do is speak the word. Anybody know what I'm talking about? All I got to do is say it and God will do the work. I'm going to. <laughs> Pray for me. I'm, I'm doing it. <laughs> got to be fast on your feet. <laughs> it's the truth. You know, and, and, and many times churches don't grow. Talk about church growth. I'm so happy for you. This is lovely congregation. It's beautiful. And you talk about church growth. The church is not growing because Pastor Chris is so wonderful. Although he is wonderful. If you attend this church, you better say amen. I'm trying to help. I'm here to help you, bro. It's great. It's great. It's great. But the church doesn't grow because he's great. The church grows because the word of God is being proclaimed. Somebody put your Bible down and clap your hands for Jesus right there. I know that's right. That's how God's word goes out. We don't give it power. It has power. And listen, if you go on to seminary uh, and, and you're a graduate, please understand. That's great. But the power is not in the seed sower. The power is in the seed but the condition of the heart determines the outcome of the seed. Then let's move forward. I'm going to give you, I think I have an outline for you, four different kinds of hearts. Four different kinds of hearts. Again, the hard, rocky heart. And I want you to note this comparison in verse 4 and 15. The stony heart in verse 5 and 16. The thorny, weedy heart in verse 7 and 18. And the soft heart. In verse 8 through 20, leave that there for a second, please. The hard, rocky heart, verse 4, 5, 4, 15. Stony heart, 5, 16. Thorny heart, 7, 18. Soft heart, verse 8 and 20. So some seed, let's, let's deal with this outline, unpack it just a bit. Some seed, verses 4, you just keep comparing, verse 4 and 15. Some seed are thrown, they fell on the wayside and snatched by Satan. Again, this is the seed that was cast and it fell on a hard heart. This seed is on the ground, but not in the ground. The seed has no shelter. It's exposed instead of being buried in the heart. Look at verse 15. It tells us. Are you looking at verse 15? Satan comes, notice, immediately and takes away what was sown. Isn't that true? Whenever God's word is being sown, cast, thrown, taught, Satan is punctual. That's the right word. Satan is punctual to come and try and take that seed away. How many times, think about it like this. How many times you heard a great sermon at church, God's word was deposited in your spirit, in your heart, in, your, in good soil, 
and you're on the way home from hearing a good sermon and the devil is right there waiting for you. Right there in the traffic. Because folk like to cut you off right after church. Isn't that something that the devil come at you after church? For sure. Why? Because immediately, or you get in the car. I know this don't happen to y'all, but it happens in our church. Folk get in the car from a great sermon, and all of a sudden, the husband wife on the way home, they get into an argument. It's like, what is going on? If we just heard a good sermon, we just, the sermon was about love and forgiveness. Now it's time to pray. Y'all know what I'm talking about now, don't you? Right? The devil will do anything, everything to keep the seed from penetrating. The devil will do anything to keep you from growing and loving and trusting God. You know, real quick, I think of Nehemiah. And uh, you guys know the story. I'm sure you do. Nehemiah heard the walls of Jerusalem were torn down and the gates were burned. And Nehemiah went to his boss and he was weeping and he said, uh, I want to go and build the walls. I want to go and build up the, the people of God and to build up the city of God. And he was given permission. And so Nehemiah, here's great. Nehemiah and his soldiers are on the wall and, 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 and they, they went to Jerusalem. They're doing the work of, of the kingdom of God. And there's these enemies, Sambalat and Tobiah. And they sent a message to Nehemiah to come to the plain of Ono, to have a meeting. No, this is in your Bibles. To come to the plate of Ono to have a meeting. Uh, do I need to say this when the enemy wants you to meet him in a place called Ono? <laughs> you just simply want to say, Oh no. That would be like somebody saying, Hey, let's have a meeting in the Valley of Destruction. <laughs> or let's meet at the Hilton in a room called the Meadow of Ambush. Oh no. Nehemiah sent messengers to tell him, oh, no, we're not coming. We're doing a great work. Second Corinthians 2 11 says, lest Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of the devil's devices. Satan seeks to do everything he can to keep the seed from penetrating in our hearts. Look at verse 5 and 16. Some seed fell on stony places where when they hear the word, they immediately receive it, but no root. So when trials come, they stumble. This is the heart of the emotional hearer, the excited hearer, touched by the word, has joy. They appear to be genuinely born again, but they don't fully understand the price of following Jesus when they realize it takes faith and commitment to follow Jesus. Friends and family mock their faith. They begin to fall away. They begin to fall away. Look at verse 16. Then trials, testings, tribulations, persecutions, they start to fall away because they're not rooted. They stumble. Some people are excited about the word, but then after trials come, they fall away. Well, look at verse 7 through 18. I'm trying to pick up my pace a little bit. Verse 7 through 18. Some fell among the thorns. These are the ones who hear the word and the cares of the world choke out the word and it becomes unfruitful. Some fell among the thorns, or that would be stifled, thorny weeds. There's a lot of thorny weeds in the Middle East. I think of a crown of thorns that was plaited and put on Jesus' head. Remember, the weeds squeeze out the life of good seed. Weeds squeeze out good seed from growing, and it dies. Talking about the cares of the world. The cares of the world are worry, 
pleasure and money. According to the scriptures, worry, pleasure, and money. Nothing wrong with money. Money is a great thing. But if you start worrying about money, well, that's a care of the world. And Satan will use that to keep you from growing in your faith. Am I right about it? Right? I think of the rich young ruler. That's a story you can read in your own time. The rich young ruler. He was rich, he was young, and he was a ruler. That was deep, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's right. But he didn't have Jesus in his heart. He had a weedy heart, if you will. And then some in verse 8 through 20. Fell on good ground and yielded a crop some 30, 60, 100 fold. All that seed fell on good ground, brought forth a crop. But notice, not the same. These are those who hear the word, understand the word, and receive the word. The word takes root and brings forth fruit. These are true believers who have a changed life, and they bear fruit. But notice here, saints, there are different degrees of fruitfulness. 30, 60, 100 fold. Listen close. The average crop would yield 7.5% yield. Not even 10%, the average crop. 10% or tenfold would be a massive, massive harvest. Jesus, by saying 30, 60, 100 fold, is blowing their mind. He's blowing their mind. It will bring forth, not 10%, 3,000%, 6,000%, 10,000%. All believers will bear fruit. Some will bear more fruit than others because they are more committed to Christ. Jesus said in John 15, abide in me and I in you and you will bring forth fruit. Verse two, more fruit, much fruit. Verse five, when you abide in Jesus, you bring forth fruit. And you, you, the fruit of, what's the fruit, Pastor Rodney? The fruit of answer prayer. The fruit of a relationship with Jesus. The fruit of the same joy that Jesus had with the Father, you have the fruit of being spiritually healthy and not withered and wilted. Can I give you two final conclusions? Two final conclusions or thoughts from this passage. Number one, when the gospel is shared, not all will respond. We learn that from the text. One notice out of four. One out of four. Jesus said in Matthew 7, 13, Enter the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and there are many who go in by it. You know, the Bible is clear. There are two gates. One is narrow, and the other is wide. Two ways. One is broad, and one is narrow. Two destinations. One leads to destruction, and the other leads to life. Proverbs 16, 22. There's a way that seems right to man, but the end is the way of death. Every man has to choose the way that he takes. And then the second final thought I want to leave with you, salvation doesn't depend, this is what we get from the text, I'm almost done. Salvation doesn't depend on the sower. Now that's encouraging to me personally. It doesn't depend on the sower. The power, again, saints, is not in the sower. It's in the what? The seed. The power is in the seed. Right? The power is in the word. Not your word. 
Powers in the seed. Right. All I've got to do as a pastor, a Bible teacher is cast the seed. I don't have to dress up the seed. I don't have to decorate the seed. I don't have to build a strong case for the seed. I don't want to water down the seed. Say amen. amen. I simply cast the seed. The Holy Spirit will direct the seed. So when Pastor Chris is teaching the word, he's casting seed. The Spirit of God takes the seed of the word of God and plants it into each individual heart. That is why you have two services. That is why you can hear something and be in the same service. Let's say that you're in the same service and you hear the word. Are y'all still listening to me? You hear the word, right? And then somebody else hears the word and they will say, hey, did you, man, when Pastor Chris said this, I was like, oh my gosh, you got really spoke to me. And, and, and the other person looking at you like, well, I didn't, he didn't say that. I don't know where you were, bro. He didn't say that. But here's why. Here's why. Because the spirit of God with the seed of God that is alive and everything that needed in it is encoded in the seed spoke to that person differently than they spoke to that person, although they heard the same thing. Because it's the spirit of God that brings life to the word of God, not the sower. And that's good news for every preacher. I don't have to be cool. I don't have to be charismatic. I don't have to be, you know, all the things that people think preachers need to be in order to be successful preachers. What is that? I don't know what that is. There are no successful preachers. There are preachers that God uses and, and preachers that God do, uh, doesn't. Amen. Are you recording this sermon? All right. Well, we don't need to get it edited, all right? I don't know what to tell you, right? So I leave you here. I leave you here. What type of heart will the seed of the word of God find itself in you today, this morning? What type of heart do you have? What, what soil type currently represents your response to God's word? Do you have a hard heart, a weedy heart, or a soft heart? Where are you? Can I pray? Can I pray, Pastor? Bow your heads and your hearts. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. Lord, we bless you today. We honor you today. Listen, saints, with every head bowed and every eye closed, I just want you to just take, take a second. And I want you to think about the type of heart you have. Do you have a hard heart? You have a, uh, the cares of this world choking out the word of God from your life. And you can't seem to get an answer. You can't seem to, every head bowed, every, every eye closed. You can't seem to get an answer from God. You can't seem to get clarity. Because the world and money and things, job, choking out the word. Mm. Is the word of God able to find its way into, into your heart this morning? Do you have good soil? Listen, we all want to have good soil. Say amen. We all want to have good soil. And I'm going to say to you, listen, I, I wouldn't be a pastor. I wouldn't be a friend if I didn't say to you. Maybe you're here today and you say, Pastor Roddy, I want you to pray for me. Because I want a soft heart. And you be honest with God because church is the place to be honest with God. Don't be fake. Don't be phony. 
And you say, Pastor, I've had a hard heart. Pastor, I've had a weedy heart. And the word hasn't been making its way. But today, I'm going to change that. I'm going to open up my heart to God again, maybe. And Pastor, I want you to pray for me. Maybe you've never given your life to Jesus. Maybe your heart's always been hard. And maybe something said or sung or done this morning has softened your heart. Whoever you are, wherever you sit, can you get honest with God? I'm going to say to you, you say, Pastor, pray for me. I want a soft heart. I want God in my heart. I want the word of God. I'm going to ask you to slip up your hand right where you are, and I'm going to pray for you. Yes, sir. Can you raise your hand nice and high like you mean it? Will you do that? Yep. I see your hand there, ma'am, and you in the blue dress. And all the way in the back. That's wonderful. And yes, ma'am, right up front. And yes, to my left. And all the way by the window, praise the Lord. You raise your hand nice and high if you're in the back so I can see you. Yes, sir. I see your hand and all the way up. Wonderful. Thank you, Jesus. Go ahead and put your hands down. Now, every head bowed, every eye closed. You raised your hand. Did you mean it? I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet. I want to pray for you as you stand to your feet. Come on. If you raised your hands, if you raised your hand, please stand to your feet. Please stand to your feet. Father, with these, these are people standing in your presence. God, you know the need of every single one of them. So, Lord, today we are praying that you would soften our hearts. God, we're praying today that you would send your spirit to break up the fallow ground in our hearts. And may the seed of the word be planted and take root in our hearts and bring forth fruit. More fruit and much fruit. We love you today and we thank you. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name. Can you say in Jesus' name? Come on, clap your hands for the Lord. Will you do that? Come on, clap your hands for the Lord. I don't know. Do they? Come on.